Hello there in podcast land and welcome back to Spoilers, your bad movie review show on the Rat Pack Podcast Network, where you always have lots of opinions but zero credentials. Each week we watch a movie, usually a bad one, crack a couple jokes, we give you insight into the film, and we play a couple games at the end. I'm your host, Adam. I am joined by the Maestro. Yes, I can say so that it's my name, yes. And also my cowboy. The schnozberries taste like schnozberries. Very good. Uh, we are watching a Christmas movie because Christmas is right around the corner. So last year, it was the last year, I think it was last year, that we did the Christmas Chronicles part one, and this one is part two. Hey. Part deal. Yes. <laughs> part deal. This is directed by Chris Columbus. It stars Kurt Russell, Goldie Hawn, Darby Camp, he's, Julian he's Dennison. He's still alive? Who, who is? Kurt, what? Chris, Chris Columbus. Uh, yeah, Chris, not Christopher. Well, he just shortened it. It's 2020, dude. Come on. Mm, yeah, now he's, he's a vampire. <gasps> it also stars Julian Dennison, which you may know from the Deadpool movies. Uh, uh, Deadpool 2, to be exact. Uh, he was the big fat guy. Uh, the big now. Yes. He was the kid. He was the chubby kid. He was the chubby kid. They, they used his uh, prison wallet for toothbrushes that were in the orange jumpsuit. Yeah. Uh, it also That's stars Jazir Bruno. Here's the synopsis, and then we'll get into our thoughts of the movie. Kate Pierce, now a cynical teen, is unexpectedly reunited with Santa Claus when a mysterious troublemaker threatens to cancel Christmas forever. <laughs> that last part's not part of the description. The, the the guy from Deadpool does not have a very big acting range. He sucks in this movie. Yeah. Uh, well, he's he his acting was the same exact acting as in Deadpool. I found it was much the, worse. It was the same character. <laughs> oh, yeah, long hair. Yeah. <laughs> I think in general, all of the acting in this entire movie was horrible. Phenomenal. Hor- oh, come on. Kurt Russell horrible. did a good job. Dude. Kurt Russell is the only person that I think did a mediocre job. Everybody else. Well, I was thinking, sucked. I was thinking like Goldie Hawn was really fake, but she's like really fake. Yes. Like, that, mo- that most how of that much fakeness surgery is in her face. has yeah. she had? <laughs> like her smile looked like it hurt. Yeah, it did. It, it looked like they might've been CGI to be like, have an extra wider, yeah. <laughs> But no, that's uh, it's probably her face now. <laughs> Maybe Tim Burton got a hold of it and was like, "Let's do claymation <laughs> on her." You know, it's like <laughs> stop motion. Yeah, this this movie was rough to watch for me. Uh, I enjoyed it. Mo- most of the actors are kid actors. When I mean, general kid actors are awful, and in this this case was no exception. All, all the acting was was bad almost the entire way through. Uh, there were parts that got me quite emotional. And that kind of helped save it a little bit for me, but it, it, you cannot excuse the rest of the movie where it's just a lot talking of about weird the father kid? happening. Yes, yes. Doug, Doug Pierce. That that got me in a weird way, and I think it's just because I have a whole thing about death and wanting to have spent more time with people that have died. Uh, so, so th- there was a part in the movie where she, uh, for, <laughs> they go back in time. Because Bielznik, which I, I feel like we should talk about that name because that's – or Belznik. Belznickel? Belschnickel. Yeah. Uh, he <laughs> throws a uh, time vortex manipulator onto the sleigh, which sends them back in time, uh, coincidentally to the same airport in which her uh, – Kate, the main character's dad, was flying out of. 
they have a whole heart to heart thing. She realizes, hey, that's my dad, and there's a lot of emotions there. And that that scene did get me quite a bit. Cut, cut. I got to get this tear out of my eye right now just thinking about it. Hold on a second. Okay. Mark that time right there. Okay, yeah. I'll make sure I edit that okay, out. Okay, we're so. back. Yeah. Oh. And uh, – <laughs> You need a second? Can we, start, can we start at the beginning of the movie? Okay. You jumped like three-quarters of the way through the movie. Uh, Kate Pierce, now a cynical teen, is unexpectedly united <laughs> with Santa Claus. <laughs> I actually, because I know you asked me my opinion of the movie yeah. as we just walked out of the uh, theater right, to watch this. Right. Um, I'm just keeping you on track. Uh, I, I enjoyed the movie, uh, minus the uh, acting and uh, the, <laughs> the the wonderful scene that your your favorite scene in the whole movie, which I'll touch on in a little bit. Oh, okay, good. Um, I, I I enjoyed the movie. It was a feel good Christmas movie. Okay. You know, I mean, it's it's your quintessential Christmas movie to, you know, it's a holiday movie. I mean, other than National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which is the greatest Christmas movie ever. Okay. Um, I'll take your word for it. Never saw it. Not your, not your normal holiday movie, let's okay. be honest. But, I mean, this this was a feel-good Christmas movie. It has it had its weird twists and turns, but... I will say by the end, I was motivated to start decorating around here. Uh, we, we started decorating. We got about halfway done, and then we just lost steam, and we never finished. By the end of this movie, I wanted to decorate more. And Unfortunately, with this COVID going on right now, I can't go up there and shape your tree properly for you. <laughs> I think I can find some YouTube videos to help me out this time, but I do appreciate you helping last time. <laughs> I... I... I did show you my technique last year. I don't know how much you were paying attention. Yeah. We were pretty drunk. It's, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> That's back when we were able to hang out together and podcast together in person. Let me just say, you got a full tree there, but you put it up and it looked like a Charlie Brown tree. Okay. Uh, <laughs> point taken. Uh, I'll take that as constructive criticism to actually do it instead of getting depressed and uh, drinking the rest of the night and passing out. And not doing it at all. You did. I did give you credit. You got the lights on there. I did. I did, I did get the lights. That's true. Yeah. Definitely not because they were built in. Uh, I, I'm I'm <laughs> one of those weird, fanatical, um, OCD type of people. Like my wife. My wife will not even fold my t-shirts. Oh. Because if she attempts it, I will just unfold them and fold them the way I like them. I'm the same way. There's a certain uh, way. Yeah. So she just lays them out so they don't get wrinkled. And then I come home okay. and <laughs> now I got to fold them. That's cool. I, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. But when it comes to the tree and shaping it and bending the branches and making, they just, okay, it's up. You do your work. And they all just leave and go sit down and do their own things. <laughs> I'm just left to shape the tree, and they won't put the lights on. Okay. Because I I, I got to put the lights on a certain way. The lights have to go not just around the tree, but they got to go inset into the tree. And uh, you know, because the whole tree needs to light up, not just. It, I don't want it to look like there's a string of lights wrapping around a right tree. yes it needs to be mm. spaced in, in a way that it looks like it's a constant they're just like basically yeah. rings not not a spiral i agree yeah 
All right. Uh, Mesra, what did you think about the movie overall before we get into the details, nitty-gritty of it? Honestly, to tell you the truth, it just reminded me of another children's um, movie, really. I mean, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it in parts. I, I just – I always like Kurt Russell in his films because he's always just done that bit where he says he just goes with the flow. And he's just like, you know, he's not supposed to be doing it. And he's like, you know what? Yeah, let's just do it. Let's go ahead. Yeah. So I enjoyed those parts. But his – basically, his little like um, – his little little like things that he does that you can see that that's Kurt Russell. Yes, and he, he adds and, a little extra seasoning to all of his roles. That is, yeah, that is Kurt Russell that comes across very well and very pleasant. I, I, I will say that mm-hmm. he rustles up some feelings, doesn't he? No, no, yes, he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll keep it, Kurt. Uh, <laughs> speaking of the, which, though, I, I made a, a note fifteen minutes into this movie until we actually see Kurt Russell. There's there's a lot of ramping up, and I, I they're trying to basically set a precedent, not a precedent, set a, a boundary for where this story is going, and I feel like it took a very long time to get there. It, I actually think it made a lot of sense with um, the first one coming off the first one several years into the future, a couple years in the future. She's a teen now, you know. Um, I couldn't say she would be like 14, 15. She's probably just a teen, uh, you know, like 13. Uh, But I actually don't mind that because if you were to watch the first one, then after the first one, go into the second one, it kind of sets up the story. Because they, they, after the first one, they weren't expecting to ever see Santa again because he said, not if I can help it, you know. Okay. See, I already forgot the last one that we saw. The only thing I remember from the first one was that he was singing in jail in, in a very weird uh, musical ensemble that just happened. What, that out of that was your favorite part of the movie, just like in this movie was your favorite part of the movie when he's singing in an airport, getting everybody to get the spirit of Christmas up. I don't, I don't know if it, I would call it my favorite. It's maybe the most memorable. And I, I and, and obviously I forgot the rest of the previous movie it was just that one dancing thing, whatever. Uh, I remember thinking he was trying to do an Elvis thing and it wasn't working for me. And then I we probably talked about Elvis and he was in Graceland, whatever. So you were telling me that after we watched this film, the first one last time, mm-hmm. and the couple days that you kept on talking about that dance sequence and how you wanted to recreate it, you I forgot to tell me. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I, I was I wasn't on the original one, but I will just throw my two cents in on that original one. I remember you calling me up after that, oh and saying you wished I was on it because you needed my backup in uh, doing that song for karaoke one night and learning the choreography of it. Oh, interesting. And I, I remember it distinctly because I told you there is no way I can play three girls. <laughs> in red dresses doing your backup vocals. Okay. I, I have to go back and listen to the last podcast. I don't remember any but, of this. In all honesty, though, <laughs> in that first movie, uh, my favorite scene was when they went into the diner and he, they were trying to get a ride. And he started calling people out by names. Oh, yeah. How's ever this going? You know, and they're like, who the hell is this? fucking crazy guy how does he know my name how does he know what i want for christmas how does, you know okay i liked the first one because of that aspect he was trying to make people believe that he really is santa and the way he was doing it was cool but anyway i digress yeah chronicles 2 
This Chronicles 2 movie was very interesting because it wasn't portrayed, no, it wasn't circling around Christmas. The first one was Christmas. Mm. The second one wasn't about Christmas. It was about just the North Pole. Well, it but uh, was this Belzenickel? He he, yeah. he stole the star, yeah. which would eventually ruin Christmas for everybody. The North, Not necessarily. The North, the North Pole shuts down, so that means they can't make toys. That means yeah. so the reindeer don't the, have power. Everything. The whole point about Belzenickel's idea was to create the South Pole. Yes. Right. And destroy the North Pole. Yeah. Destroy Santa, the North Pole, and everything, which would destroy Christmas because he wanted to create a holiday based on him. Yes. So a new Christmas. Which would have destroyed Christmas. So we would have had like Belsnickel miss on May 5th. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, kind of, because you you replaced Christ in Christmas with Belsnickel, which does nothing to do with Santa Claus. But I do like that they kind of did tie in a little bit of the religious aspect of Christmas into this. Uh, the star gets its power from the star of Bethlehem, which is where Jesus was born uh, in a manger, uh, sleeping in his sleigh or whatever it was called. Uh, yeah, and uh, St. Nicholas or the saint patron, yeah, Catholic church. Yeah, so they, they did tie some kind of religious things in there for for those of you that uh, think Christmas is a religious holiday. Uh, and then for the rest of you that just think it's a Santa holiday, there was plenty of Santa to go around. So they, they I think they did a, a nice job of towing the line of let's make everybody happy. It's Christmas, but there's also some, some Jesus in here. I got some trivia for you. Oh, okay. oh. which company first put Santa in a red and white suit? Coca-Cola. It was never in a red and white suit. He was in a green suit. Ah, Pepsi. No, 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 no. no. You said the first company to put Santa in a yeah, red and white suit. I know, suit. but before Coca-Cola put him in a red and white suit and he became the red and white suit Santa Claus. Yes. He always wore green. Yeah. Okay, so who was the first? Who was the first company? Coca Cola. It was Coca Cola. No, I'm saying he was in green. They oh. were the first company who put him in a red and white suit. You had it right, but I'm just okay. saying, <laughs> it, people don't know that. People don't know that Santa. They think Santa always wore a red and white suit because of the stupid stories, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer and and Frosty the Snowman and all this stuff with Santa Claus. Oh, Santa Claus! You know, you know, Santa Claus is coming to town. Showed him. Oh, he became in a red and white suit because of uh, the the Kringles. You know, <laughs> like, interesting. The Pringles. The Kringles. That's how he got his name, Chris Kringle. Chris, and yeah. Santa Claus is coming to town because he was an orphan that the Kringles family found and raised him as their own. They were a, a family of elves, and they wore red and white suits and stuff. But that's not how he became in a red and white suit. It was Coca Cola that put him in a red and white suit. Interesting. Yeah, because it matched to, because it matched the brand. You know what? There was something I found in trivia that I left out, but now I'm going to mention it because you brought this up. Uh, an elf tells Santa, enjoy, after he gives him a Rick Cola. Enjoy is written on most Coca-Cola drinking glasses. So I, I remember a Rick Cola in, in the movie, but... Yeah. Rick Cola! <laughs> oh, no, not the same Rick Cola? No, different, Sorry. No. Uh, uh. Same setting with the snow and everything, but different... <laughs> Just a little uh, 
Okay. Christmas uh, trivia. Uh, back to the 15-minute setup about <laughs> where the movie's going. The Ty- one in Cancun? Yes. Tyrese is there. Tyrese Gibson yeah. from Fast and the Furious and other movies. Even in this movie, he sucks at acting. He's a better actor than he was in this movie. Like everybody, I think that was in this movie probably does a better job of acting. But this movie, I think, just sucked the acting out of you. I was very put off by Tyrese's performance the entire time because uh, I know him to be better than this. And it was just weird to see him interact with everybody. And there's this whole remarrying storyline, which is is the w- reason for her to run away. It 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 all seemed kind of thin to me, and uh, I don't I don't like it. Who was your most annoying character in this whole movie? Uh, Belsnickel. No. No? He was my second worst. Oh. My first my first worst character in this was, was the little kid, Tyrese's son. Oh, okay. He was annoying as fuck. He was more annoying than that kid that wouldn't stop talking in Jurassic Park. <laughs> talking about Jack. Yeah, him. Yeah. Eat your damn cookie. Blow up. Eat the snowman. Yeah. Blow up. No, he ate the snowman. He threw the gingerbread. <laughs> I, I did. I Wait, did like, what magic is in this cookie? Yeah, nothing. I, I did like uh, hearing uh, Santa Claus refer to him as Jack because then it reminded me of uh, the other time where Kurt Russell was actually Jack. Was it uh, Big Trouble in China? Jack Button. Yeah. <laughs> My old friend Jack used to say. Uh, or something, something. When so, what you pay your dues, Jack? Yes, sir. The checks in the mail. Yeah. Uh, okay. So screw that. It's all in the reflexes. Now, because you just watched the first movie recently, I'm assuming Cowboy. Is that is that true? No, I just have a great memory. Oh, okay. Do you recall the Elvish language being part of the first movie? Uh, yes. It was really. Yes. yes. Oh, Jesus. Yes. I don't remember she that at started all. To, because when she went to the Hall of Records, because she went through the uh, the uh, the the sack of presents and to go get the elves, that's where she picked up on the Elvish language. Once she came back, she was able to speak Elvish. Jesus, that's how forgettable the first Pretty movie well. was for me. I, I forgot Elvish was even a part of it, and now I saw it this time, and I was Elvish really. And why do the reindeers speak Elvish? Are they trained? Maybe they're trained yes. by the elves. Yes, they are. Yeah. Okay. I, I I I kind of find it funny how. Never mind. <laughs> I mistake. Great. Input. I had a thought. I had a thought, okay. but then you started talking about reindeers and elvish, and I was just like, "Yeah, no, don't have anything. Sorry, keep going." I I did enjoy the bit where. The, uh, there was thoughts or theorizing about renaming Santa's village to uh, Mrs. Claus's village. That was so 2020. <laughs> it, it was very 2020. And it we was gotta, so woke. <laughs> yes. But what I enjoyed about it was Santa Claus's reaction to it. Like, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> like also not, <laughs> not on board with the idea at all. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then when Belschnickel shows up, the, and then Jack goes, it's uh, – the Mrs. Claus Village or something like that, you yeah. know? And and he's like, well, it's not. Yes. <laughs> I did enjoy that part of it. Hasn't been finalized, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, let's not get I'm ahead sure. of ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I do like uh, Santa Claus's character where he's he he acts like a kid still. Yep. You know, uh, especially with Belsnickel. I mean, you saw the the uh, the competitiveness, the child childlike competitiveness in Santa. Mm-hmm. You know, throughout the whole movie. You know, and then they were going to do the whole play chicken and stuff like that, you know, yeah. <laughs> with their sleighs and stuff. I do like the jackalodies. The jackalodies were, were pretty funny. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They remind me of hyenas. Yes. Yeah. They were part jackal, part coyote. So this Belsnickel, it, he bred a coyote and a, <laughs> a jackal? He, he, he bred, it was his cross between a jackal and a coyote. So, okay, so uh, if you haven't seen the movie, Belsnickel used to be an elf. And then he, because he committed five deadly sins, I forget what they are, uh, he becomes a human, the thing he hates the most. And now he's just hell-bent on destroying Santa Claus and Christmas because he's a human. Does that sum it up, basically? Yes, pretty much. Yeah, that's uh, thanks for the thumbs up there, uh, Maestro. Yes, can hear that loud and clear. Right, <laughs> audio medium. That was perfect. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, no, pretty much that that sums it up. Because he got stuck being a human, he hated everything that had to be Christmas and the North Pole and elves because he blamed them for him turning human. Right, but I don't know if it was because of their rules or because he felt like he became human because he wasn't the best elf, you know, quote unquote. Yeah, you know, and that's why he became a human, and so he's like, ah, I'm an elf, you know. The, the way I took it is he became human because he started displaying more human characteristics than elfin characteristics. Because these elves apparently they they are for the greater good. They uh, Santa Claus saved them from being elves and gave them purpose to build things to make other to make kids happy. And this elf comes in and is like, "Well, what about me? Where's my happiness? The greater, the greater good. Yeah. So the, the, the greater, greater good is now good. gone. Now it's about my good. Where, where's my recognition? Where's where's he's basically he's acting like a human <laughs> as, as an elf? No, I'm, I'm putting my face on here. I need editors some credit for this. And, and part of the happy. reason why he was acting like that is he didn't feel like he was getting any attention at all because uh, he, he did say something in the film. is like, you know, uh, you didn't care about me. All you care every single day is about making all these bratty little kids happy. You know, you, you just care about these kids all year long for one freaking day to make these kids happy. And what about us? You know, it wasn't so much him. It was what about us? You know, but he felt like he had to be the woke elf to do something about it. <laughs> but the other elves don't have a problem with this. All the elves seem to be happy with their jobs and their whatever purpose their lives have. They're OK with it because Santa saved them from being hunted by other bad humans. Yeah. For magics. Yeah. To, to take their magic from them. They're like, no, we can use our magic to. To help the greater good, this one Belsnickel, the greater good. The Belsnickel is just like, nah, I don't. I'm not happy making other people happy. I want to make myself happy, and that's a very human characteristic. And that's, I think, why he turned into a human. He was a dick, and most humans are dicks. Okay, you're such an elf. 
You're like Will Ferrell. Ooh, I'm okay with that one, Elf. Uh, you sure? cotton-headed ninny muggins. <laughs> Santa! What's your favorite color? I love you. I love you. I love you. I know him. All right. Uh, Santa says, the best way to spread holiday cheer is singing loud for all to hear. hear. Yeah. All right. So the plan is for. <laughs> oh, not that movie? No, we're, we're doing a different movie. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Belsnickel's plan is to steal the star because that is a source of power for all of North Pole to use it as his own power for the South Pole. And he has this Yule cat, which apparently is uh, just a bad cat. It looks like a snow leopard, but like on steroids. Yes, agreed. So he, he you want one. He, mm-hmm. he steals the star, and then runs away with it on his on his own sled, which he Jimmy rigged himself. And Santa's trying to catch up with him. They're basically racing, uh, and and this is this is the part where we alluded to earlier, where he takes out this ninja star time warp thing. He throws it on the sled, and now Santa Claus and Kate are thrown back into, I think it was the 80s or something, in Boston. And now we have the jailhouse equivalent in this movie of a a giant musical number that seems to come out of nowhere, and I'm confused by There's a lot of dancing, a lot of singing along. And everybody seems to get in the spirit very quick because they need spirits to power the sled yes. and the reindeer. So for, for the, yeah, the reindeer. But uh, let, let's go to the scene real quick before the singing started. Okay. Uh, Kate has to find yes. AAA batteries. I thought this was genius because she goes to pay for the AAA batteries with the legit $20 bill. From 2000 Because they're back in time. <laughs> She hands uh, yep. them twenty, and she's like, "What is this Monopoly money? Like, this isn't even good counterfeit. Like, yeah, <laughs> it says twenty twenty on it." You know, <laughs> I did like that quite a bit. That was that was that was fun. Uh, but then I immediately took issue uh, five minutes later when uh, Santa Claus sees a, a, a not a homeless guy, but like one of those. Wow, with the sitting in front of a chest, a, a barrel of money. Salvation Army. So, yes, yeah, Salvation Army guy. And he does a whole nose wiggle and cash pours into the bucket. Could have used that cash to buy the batteries, but <laughs> okay. No, no, but she, he didn't know what was going on. He wasn't watching Kate as, as she was in, or sorry, he wasn't watching Katie Cat while. She was in the, the the little gift shop or the airport store buying that. He was paying attention to everything else that was going on in the airport. Right. And, you know, those people getting pissed off that their flight was being delayed and then five minutes later canceled. He wasn't even paying attention. So he had no idea about that. But what I thought was funny is as soon as that little pot filled up with money, the guy grabbed it and took off running yeah. with the money. Yep. Like he was going to steal it, which made me wonder, which I wondered many times, how much of this cash actually gets to the Salvation <laughs> Army. You know? Well, he was eventually overcome with Holy Spirit because he came back and he was dancing around with the uh, – With all the cash with falling all the everywhere. Cash, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
But I guess the, his. The, the the question that I have then is when he sends Kate, hey, go get some batteries, how does he expect her to get batteries? Is he expecting her to steal? Because she does. Yeah. Basically, she no, gets she, caught up in jail for stealing. He he's, he's like, he expected her to do the right thing and pay for him, but didn't think that the money she had was going to be 2020. So like, didn't think about it, you know, absentmindedly. Yeah. <laughs> no. Go buy some batteries. Seriously. So if I were, if ahead. I were there back in time, I would have taken that five minutes while, or while they were dancing, I would have taken that five minutes to buy stock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or to tell your dad, Hey, buy Apple. It's the eighties. Buy Apple. Now <laughs> tell your parents to buy Apple products or stock. Then you fast forward through that scene where she meets her dad. Yes. And she gets her wish to finally say goodbye to her dad. Yeah. In in a, in a weird way, which kind of brought a tear to your eye. Um, I was a mess. I was, it was not a tear. I not, was a no, mess. I mean, it, it, it was a very touching, touching scene. And I forgot the point that I was going to make. <laughs> oh, well, it was, it must it was, not have been that good. It was very emotional for sure. Uh, and I did find it a little bit weird that the kid was so chatty and they, they got along so well right away, but maybe that was a whole thing. And meant, uh, I don't remember if he said it or not, but I, I feel like he said mental note, name my first kid, Kate. Was that the kind no, of, no, actually what he said, that's it. You just brought the thought back into my mind. Okay. I thought it was funny how after they took off, he's like mental note. Never go anywhere without a video camera. Oh, yes. Okay. Go ahead. Do you have a thought? Yeah, that was my thought. Oh. I thought that's, that, that phrase, that line fits so perfect because in the first movie, he videotaped everything. Oh, that's nice. I don't remember that. And that's why that line was there because that scene happened and he's like mental note never go anywhere without a video camera because in the first movie there's a dad why do you always have that video camera on why are you always videotaping everything you know it's like annoying to the kids oh that's beautiful i'm glad that i'm glad that's a callback then because i was expecting at the end of this movie when she got back to present time she would have found a lot of lost vhs tapes of, of recordings from her dad but they already did that in the first movie so okay. yeah that was a, that was a callback from the first movie oh good Oh, that makes my heart warm. Nice. Yeah. And what you also find out is the knife that he gave his son in the first movie was his own knife. A uh, Pierce never uh, – Pierce always sees it through. Okay. It was his knife that he passed down to his son. All right. Very nice. That's how, that's how Kate realized that's my dad because he had – he was jimmying the door with the knife – that had the phrase a Pierce always sees it through, which was the knife he gives to his son. Okay. In the first movie. Wow. I really should have watched the first one before I watching the second. <laughs> Sorry. That's fine. So, so because of this, this movie has warmed your heart the way it's supposed to mm-hmm. for every movie. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So while this is happening in uh, the eighties, now back at the North pole, we have, uh, Cowboy's least favorite character talking to the most plastic surgeon character. Uh, we need to get a certain kind of root. I forget what the, what the root was called, but it was. Oh, uh, this is also part of the plan. A uh, Bell's nickel, 
put some sort of catnip all over all the elves, and the elves are all going crazy and attacking each other. And so now we need to send the the timid uh, little black kid that's scared of everything and has allergic to everything up a mountain to find a root. It was Elfbane. Elfbane. Okay. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. So he goes up the mountain, but not. What color is Elfbane? Red. Blue. Blue. Is it blue? It looked red when he pulled it off the mountain. No, 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 no. That's that was- not Elfbane. That's the root. That's oh. the counter to Elfbane. Oh, okay. No, yeah. He's, he's a, Elfbane is what makes all the elves go crazy. They turn into Banes. Uh, they go crazy. And now he has to go find a Valerian root of some kind. I don't know. Uh, was it, is it Elf root that he has to find to counteract the Elfbane? I'm sure it's a super creative name. Who cares? Uh, so Mrs. Claus gives him two cookies, a snowman and a gingerbread man. Uh, gingerbread man explodes. Snowman gives you courage. Blah, blah, blah. He gets the mountain. Uh, this, this was uh, kind of something that was uh, maybe not forecast, but I thought both of these cookies are going to have no magical powers whatsoever. And it's one of those, it's inside you the entire time. Yeah, for some reason, they explode. Right, yes. <laughs> when the Gingerman exploded, I was like, oh, I guess, all right. But then it is revealed later, the snowman had no magical properties. It was just the gingerbread man. I think the other the gingerbread men were meant to make it look like the cookies had power. And then so he felt like, oh, okay, so if that works, then this probably works too. But he ate the snowman first and got the courage. Supposedly. <laughs> it also upset me that she presents a tray of cookies and he only takes two of them. Why don't you take all the cookies? I need, yeah, right? I Why would you take explosives? one exploding cookie? Yes. Give me all the exploding cookies. <laughs> The more exploding cookies I'd have, the more courage I would have because I'd blow shit up. Right. Fuck, fuck the snowmen. <laughs> Give me all the gingerbread men. Yes. Maybe, maybe he learned it from Alice in Wonderland from the Disney cartoon where he just picks – where she only picks what she needs at the time. Yeah. A little insignificant little away for her. It didn't work out very well in uh, Once Upon a Time though. Yeah. Nope. Uh Let's see, meets dad. Okay. Yep. How about this um, <laughs> Nerf bazooka cannon? Hey. Loved it. Loved it, dude. <laughs> Do you remember the first traditional? We, we, we started a tradition on New Year's Eve. Yes. Uh, where we, we, we play Nerf Wars. Yes. You know, the first one we did was down in, in Tustin. Yep. We had a Nerf battle. Dude, those things are magical. They, they are. hurt if you hit, they hit you in the eye. Yes. Okay. The, uh, Is that why you guys wear glasses now? <laughs> uh, I don't see any glasses. It's extra defense. Yeah. yeah. The the uh, problem that I had with the, with this nerf with the nerf guns in this movie was in one scene it's shooting elves in the head and they're not and they're falling backwards. And then the next shot destroys a plane as it's flying or wings are flying off the plane. If it has that much velocity, that would that should kill the elves when it hits them. It's this not- this whole scene has a lot of problems, <laughs> and it's the same problem I have in a lot of movies dealing with guns. Is the cartridge didn't hold that many darts, mm. and he never reloaded. Right, <laughs> and then he gets to the top where he's got to save Kate from the flame throwing 
quadcopter drone. Right. And he's like, one dart left. You know, he's only got one dart left in a cartridge that probably holds seven, eight darts. I mean, that's true. I agree with you. But when was the last time you saw a little kid go like this, like John Wicket? is like, <laughs> put another one out. <laughs> um, Christmas Chronicles 2. <laughs> Funny. You know. So apparently he's saving the day. He's, he's, he's knocking out elves before he gets the anti-Wolfsbane or uh, Elfsbane. Uh, and then knocking planes out of the air. Uh, Bell's Nickel comes in. Hey, I got your star. Hey, there's another star. Hey, why didn't you love me? Wow, I did. Okay, let's make up. I always loved you guys. Oh, there goes my ears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, it's a little weird. But, dude, Jack and that lollipop was just sweeping those elves away. Yeah. <laughs> you see that? It's like she literally it was like watching um, Thor and a hammer go like hanging that one thing and then everything explodes. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, uh, Yule's mirror in this movie. I need those uh, elves to come to my house sometime and clean up. Yeah. They clean up really quick. Forget that. Help make them build you a car, dude. Right? Uh, or at least a Lego statue. I'd like a Lego statue myself. I, I build those myself. <laughs> not that fast. <laughs> well, no, not that fast, but I yeah. I love the enjoyment of building Lego. Uh, yeah. Oh, I see what you did there. It's, uh. not, it's not plural. Uh, so <laughs> the whole thing, now the day is saved. Uh, Bell's Nickel is now, hey, I'm an elf again. Let's all be cool, even though I tried to destroy you and all of my elf friends and but now I'm back in the pack. Great. And now we got to drop you off back in Cancun. Hey, stepdad, now I love you. Let's all be family. Yay. Or not he's not stepdad. One yeah. day at a time. Okay. Basically, it's whatever. You didn't get a tear at the end when they were singing? That was my second tear of the movie. The oh, okay. yes. I was I oh, was Christmas thinking you tree. were gonna get a tear when they yeah. all were singing. That that got me real bad as well. But because of what was talked about earlier, that as far as Christmas movies go and the feelings Christmas movies are supposed to give you, that was the feeling that I got. The rest of the movie to me sucked, except for the whole dad scene. Uh, but once I started singing that in unison, it was that was Christmas. And that's what made me want to start decorating the house again. Was that that's that feeling right there encompasses what all the movies try to do. And even though this movie sucked, it, this, it, it, nailed, it nailed the landing as far as, hey, it's Christmas, guys. I'm like, oh, it is. So it did its job. Yeah. It, did, it took a long time to get there, but it did. By the end of the movie, yes. I, was, I was less upset about how it sucked. And I was just like, Christmas. Christmas. So how much decorating did you get done? Uh, I didn't get any decorating done. I fell asleep. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't <laughs> see any in your living room there. Yeah, well, this <laughs> yeah, this living room needs some work. Uh, all right. Anything else you guys want yeah. to talk about? Any other uh, parts? Um, no. no. I did find it weird that uh, there was a part where Bell's Nickel was, was like was hacking Santa Claus's sled and. Because he was hacking the sled itself, the reindeer slowed down. That was kind of weird. The sled isn't what's causing acceleration. Whatever. Okay. Um, I don't know if you. The I don't know if they touched on it, but 
the sled and the reindeer are powered by Christmas spirit. So the hack was a Christmas uh, suck. Well, I actually, I don't know if it was uh, the, the sled powers the flight. The reindeer power the propulsion. And the direction and stuff like that. I'm not sure. But it's all powered by Christmas spirit. So when the Christmas spirit went down and they were flying for so long, that's why the reindeer got tired because they were fatigued because there wasn't a lot of Christmas spirit. So they were working extra hard to go that far to fly for that long. I did like when they landed, all the reindeer kind of just went... (laughs) And laid down. Yeah. And, and kind of. They just fought very hard to, to stay afloat as long as they could. Yeah. All right. Well, those are our opinions of the movies. But like I said, at the top of the show, we have lots of opinions, but zero credentials. Now we're going to hear from people who actually have credentials, the critics and the audience. I'm going to give you some reviews. This is going to help us in the Rotten Tomatoes game we're about to play after this. I'm going to have you guys guess the Rotten Tomatoes score from the top critics and the audience. If you're not familiar with the scoring system for Rotten Tomatoes, it's an average score between 0 to 100 amongst critics and the audience. 0 to 59 is rotten. 60 to 84 is fresh. 85 and up is certified fresh. So let's get some reviews first so you guys can better hedge your guesses. Let's start with good reviews from the top critics. David Ehrlich from IndieWire. The Christmas Chronicles 2. So typical of holiday fare in the streaming era is more convincing as a reindeer, what? Oh, as a reminder that we're sometimes justified in lamenting what we've lost. Uh, Interesting. Peter Travers from ABC News. So what if this holiday sequel plays like a mashup of random story threads? Thanks to Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn, Santa and the Mrs. have never been this cool. All right, bad reviews. Wait a second. Oh, I did something wrong here. That first review was a bad review. I pasted it in the good reviews section. (laughs) All right, Robbie Cullen from the Daily Telegraph. Russell and Han do their best to power through, but after almost two increasingly stilted hours of this stuff, which is far too long for a film of this type, the couple's kindly twinkles took uh look a little strained jesus christ all right this is a mess you guys want to guess the uh the ranking for the critics based on those after those i have no idea what to choose i i I guessed and i put my score up as my name okay oh all right cowboy's got his guess in as 56 Mesha, what do you think you're that was before your your yeah debacle of the reading of the words yeah, there's a copy and paste error, but let's move on. Uh, Maestro says Ooh. 40. Now, uh, of no fault of your own, this is probably my fault. Uh, you guys are both uh, pretty far off. The Tomato Meter has this movie as fresh at 71%. Whoopsie. Okay. All right. Let's, let's just move on. I just want to get through this movie as fast as possible. Uh, let's do bad reviews from the audience now. This is from Raju Adrian. What happened with the movie? The first movie is still awesome. The second one looks so fake that it hurts. Bad dialogue, bad acting, even though 
They are the same actors. Bad everything. All right, another one from, I want to say it's Kiera. It looks like Sierra, but it has, starts with the K. Kiera C. Where do I even start? One, a sequel wasn't necessary. Two, Kate sucked. I wanted to punch her in the face the entire movie. Three, the Australian elf guy was creepy. Four, the autotune was atrocious. Five, and finally, where was Teddy? I don't recommend unless you feel like wasting your time. Also, Katie's hair is terrible. <laughs> is Teddy the brother? I'm, I'm assuming Teddy's the brother. Maybe he played a bigger role in the first one. Uh, uh, yes. Okay. Now let's do good reviews. This is from JWW. I love this movie. It's emotional and funny due to the cast. Kurt Russell is funny as Santa Claus. I just adore this film. A must watch. I highly recommend this film to everybody. Uh, Clark C. A warm and fun movie that tackles its family audience with joy. Those who disagree, don't take yourself so seriously. Relax and enjoy the movie for what they have made and for, and what? Made for and revel in the Christmas spirit. That was not very well written. All right. Those are the audience reviews. What do you think the audience rated this movie? Um, Trebek, our numbers are on the board. All right. Maestro has a 60 and Cowboy has blank dashes. I don't know. Is that 79. Okay. Uh, 60 and 79. This movie was rotten at 49%. Wow. That's kind of like really flipped. Yeah. The critics like this more than the audience. Yeah. Usually it's the other way around. Especially for a movie like this. I feel like this would be more of a, yeah, critics are going to say, you suck, but the audience is going to enjoy it. But yeah. It was not. All the way around. Yeah. All right. Threve. Paul Giamatti and Gary Oldman were not in this film. We like to play a although, game where we replace... What's that? Although Giamatti has played Santa before. He has. In a movie we did on the podcast a while back. It was, uh, it was Fred Claus, right? Yeah. yeah. Vince Vaughn was Fred Claus and Giamatti was Santa. That's right. So, in this movie... We like to play a game where we replace characters with Paul Giamatti or Gary Oldman because generally they make films better. So who would you take out and replace with Giamatti or Oldman? Paul Giamatti needs to be Belschnickel. Heck yeah. Uh, 100% agreed. Hell yeah. And for Gary Oldman, I'd have to say... No, I... Wow. Wow. No place? Mrs. Claus? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would no, like to see actually, that. I would like to see that. Yes, I would like to see that. I, I'd like to see Gary Oldman as the, uh, like the head elf. Okay. Oh, the one that, uh, that they went to get the second be, Bethlehem? He, he, actually, he could be actually uh, Belsnickel's elf. Oh? Okay. I, I, I want him as Team Tyrese. Team up together. Yeah, I want know? to take Tyrese out because he didn't do a good job in this movie. So he could be the love interest of the yeah. mom. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to see uh, see Gary Oldman sitting there singing Christmas carols on a beach. There you go. Or, better yet, have Gary Oldman be the cop that gets Kate for the AAA batteries. <laughs> so not only does he play the bad guy for the bad cop, he also plays... 
in the musical. Yeah, and the dancing around in the very good. All right. Let's do trivia now. This is part of the show where I give you guys little bits of facts or information you may not know about the film. The elves speak elvish. What? The elvish language heard in the Christmas Chronicles 2 and the original 2018 film were both created by language consultant David J. Peterson. So it's a made-up language by, made up by, by Peterson. Yeah, apparently. Uh, this is going to be a long one. At 42 minutes, 10 seconds, while Santa and Mrs. Claus sleep by the fireside, the TV is playing It's a Wonderful Life with oh. Elvish language dub. This is a trademark of director Christopher Columbus. Oh, I guess this is his full name. Uh, in Home Alone from 1990, the McAllister family watched the film in a French dub while in Paris. In Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, the McAllister family once again watches the film, this time with Spanish dubs in Florida. In Gremlins in 84, which Columbus wrote, the Peltzer family watched the film on TV. Is that right. the reason why everyone watches The Wonderful Life now? No, it's, just, it's a fam- very famous Christmas movie. Okay. Yeah. Every time I hear a bell, an angel gets his wing. Yay. Uh, airport worker Grace is played by Darlene Love, who famously sings Christmas, Baby, Please Come Home, which is the opening song of Gremlins, also written by Chris Columbus. Uh, Jola, the Yule Cat, takes inspiration from the Icelandic folklore. In Iceland, there are 13 Santas called the Yule Lads who used to be a mischievous bunch, but in the present day, they give gifts to children in the 13 days leading up to Christmas. Uh, that goes on. Who cares? Uh, during the golf cart shuttle ride, Belsnickel says he ran away from his family a few years ago when he was about Kate's age. Belsnickel is played by actor Julian Dennison, who is most known for his role in Taika with. TD's 2006 film Hunt for the Wilder People which was filmed when he was 13 years old in the movie this character Ricky Baker runs away from his family into the New Zealand bush same age that Kate was very interesting not so much <laughs> you know, that's long also alright money makes the world go round we can't play this game because this was a Netflix, Netflix special. <laughs> it was a Netflix special. It was released on November 25th, 2020. And that's all we can do with this. <laughs> yep. Three. Yeah. So that was the Christmas Chronicles part two from 2020 directed by Chris Columbus. Check out our website, ratpackpodcast.com slash spoilers. For tw- follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at spoiler show. Words, words, words. Words, words. Check out, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Rapid Productions, blah, blah, blah. Apple Podcasts, review us. Who cares? Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoy your Christmas. Thanks for hanging out with us. Fleas on my dog. What? I don't know what that means. Is that There's a... fleas on my dog. Oh, okay. That's not good. There's Yo, fleas you... on my dog. I gave her a bath, but they won't come off. What is, you gotta go to the veterinarian. What is that? That's what I'm talking about. I don't know what that is. Nobody knows that song. It's like a very famous Christmas song, isn't it? Oh, no. Phil. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> oh, no. That took way too long for me to get. <laughs> wow, it's late. Look uh, at the time. Yeah. All right. Well, right now it's Christmas, but next time we do another episode, it will be New Year's. 
So we're doing a movie that apparently takes place around New Year's. Oh? We'll find out together what that is all about. <laughs> Whoa. It's 200 from, cigarettes? It's from 2005. <laughs> we did that last year, I think. I know. Or the year before. This is from 2005. Uh, and this has a pop, nah, I guess it was a rap artist that was famous when we were in high school. Uh, he's known as Ja Rule. <laughs> He has a small what? role in this movie, but the movie is Assault on Precinct 13. Nice. From 2005. Nice. Should be interesting. All right. I don't recall if I've seen this, but let's find out next week. Together. I've never <laughs> heard of it. <laughs> this is actually a remake. Apparently, there was an Assault on Precinct 13 from like the 50s. Yes. I almost Are they going to redo it? Are they going to redo it after 2020? Maybe. <laughs> I'm sure there was a precinct 13 that was burnt down in what uh, some some place in the United States I'm during sure. 2020. Or maybe there was 13 precincts that got burnt. Down. <laughs> hey, there we go. It's going to be assault on 13 precincts. Hot man. Uh, for the record, I almost decided to do Poseidon Adventure because that also happens on New Year's. Which one? Oh. Uh, the Kurt Russell one, but I refused not because the, it was not Kurt the Russell. original. I almost did that one because it has Gene Hackman as well and also oh. one name. But I thought mm, too old. Let's move on. <laughs> so assault on Precinct Thirteen from two thousand five right. for next week. All right, guys, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening, hanging out, and listening, and also for listening and hanging out. Until next time, I'm Adam. Uh, and there's Cowboy, Cowboy and there's Maestro. Bye. And I remember, hold, hold on, hold on. Don't you remember that one commercial? Don't you remember that one commercial where you had a uh, those like Hershey kisses that were like jingling, like the jingle bell song? Yeah, kill the bells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like we got to do that, like they did with the Haynes commercial too. Oh, okay. We'll do it right after this. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>